I'm Jim Frawley, and this is Bellwether. To Bellwether, thank you for being here. Episode 115. What are we going to do with all the white guys in the office? Very hyperbolic, very spicy, hyperbolic title. I know I'm going to go with it. Apologize for the cold. Please bear with me while I do it. Um, yes, spicy topic. There's a lot of white guys in the office. This is not an attack on white guys. This is actually a serious thing that uh, I've talked to a lot of clients about, and this is um, there's this undercurrent that we need to address. Um, I'm going to kick this off by saying diversity and inclusion programs are necessary. They are great. They're not only increasingly relevant, but they're increasingly important. And we're learning a lot about what's, you know, what can change in the office and what's possible with a more diverse workforce and um, how much benefit a really diverse workforce brings and uh, companies and individuals working in diverse workforces are are more productive, they're more profitable, they're more uh, culturally aligned, the culture's more dynamic, the measurement is there, the science is there, it's all very, very good. And I love the diversity and inclusion programs that are going on, that's great. So research is there, definitely worth it, definitely important, we still have a lot of work to do. That said, there is an undercurrent, this little hush-hush kind of not spoken about really in a certain type of way as, as much as it should, is what are you doing with the white guys in the office? Because when we're talking about diversity and inclusion programs and diversifying leadership and diversifying the things that really matter, when we talk about diversity, the first thing that comes to your mind is generally not a white guy. <laughs> um, and the, the philosophy behind that is that, look, and I had a conversation a long time ago. Eileen Scully was on. She wrote a book um, she wrote a book about the uh, the workplace and, and women in the workplace. And basically what she said on the, the, the podcast, which resonated with me, is everything about work was built by white men, okay? And that doesn't work for everybody. And now as the world's changing and catching up and doing all of these types of things, um, we need to do – it's not set up for women. It's not set up for black people. It's not set up – you know, it's not just creating work. There's an environment within which we work. And so that's evolving and that's changing and it's very, very good. It needs to change. Um Workplace and leadership has traditionally been run by white guys, right? And there have been some, you know, I'm saying white guys, it's mostly men. Uh, We're seeing more, if you take a look at leadership teams, right? The head of HR is generally a woman. The head of legal is generally a woman. But exceptions, you know, obviously exist. But if you take a look macro at the, the world, it's most CEOs are men and most COOs are men and, um, and that's CFOs are men, and that, that's it, right? And it's it's not that it's been intentional. Okay, I want to make sure that that's kind of it's not this intentional kind of well, this is the white guy club, and you're not allowed to be in it, even though it's kind of presented that way. If we take a look back over how these things just happened to evolve, right? Women weren't in the workplace because they we didn't really have the technology to you know there was the kid thing and all of that, and women are 
taking control and changing their priorities on that and, and either waiting later to have children or now there are more, you know, workplaces caught up starting to catch up in terms of allowing women to have children and do that balance thing. And, you know, society is changing that type of way. Um, the black people coming into the workplace, that's a whole different challenge, um, which we still have more progress to do on that. Um, right. It's just, I mean, that's, they've always been left out whether subconsciously or not. Um, from golf clubs to work clubs, they're just, you know, they haven't been there. And so we're making important inroads on that. And that's good. Um, so any diverse group, I guess, it's just kind of the way that it evolved for right or wrong. Some people did bad things. Some people just were negligent and didn't pay attention or just didn't care. Right. And and that's just the way it is. But let's talk about today um, because we're making progress and that's great. Um and the situation we have today, we're making inroads, and that's great. Here's my challenge. Well, it's not my challenge because I have my own business. But the challenge I have with some of my clients, um, and they'll remain nameless. Companies will remain nameless. But there is, um, I mean, if you take a look at my the population of my clients, I've got the businesses, and we're doing good kind of future people work and all of that stuff. We don't really talk about diversity and inclusion. I'm a white guy. Nobody wants to listen to a white guy talk about diversity and inclusion. Um so I don't even kind of go there, but we talk about how do you structure your people and all of that kind of, you know, beyond any of who those people are, just let's talk about in terms of, you know, logic and, and everything else. We could worry about that other stuff later. Then my individual coaching clients, you know, they're working with me. They want to get to the C-suite. They're doing it. They're probably half men, half women. Um, it's really split down the middle. But then out of the guys, uh, actually out of all of them, it's mostly white people because- there's mostly white people at work. And, you know, I do have different races that I work with and everything else. But when I think about the guys that I work with, it's mostly white guys and they're looking to get up into the C-suite and do all of these things. I mean, there there is this segment of middle management or upper middle management, whatever you want to do it. Um, it's white guys. They, they, um, they, they look at corporate leadership. They look at the change and they see what's happening and they're losing the motivation to go forward. Because they don't see a future. And here's my thesis statement. I'm going to make the thesis statement now. And then I'm going to talk a little bit more. Oh, I just lost my pen. Um, when you make inroads to diversity and inclusion, which is good, these opportunities were never afforded people before, right? The women coming up through the workforce in the 80s and the 90s um, dealt with some crazy BS, didn't have the real opportunities afforded to them. You had to be like a vicious person in order to get there and... Um, and then that created new problems in terms of, you know, type of person you are and everything else. Um, so the opportunities weren't really there. They're there now. And that's great. And they're excited. And that's wonderful. And they should be. And that's fantastic. People of other races, right? Black people, everyone else, same thing. Opportunity wasn't really there. We're finally, you know, people are starting to pay attention. Probably say, hey, you know what? Diversity is a good thing. This is all kind of stupid the way that we've set it up. Let's move it forward. Opportunity is there that wasn't there before. This is great. They're excited. They're doing it. There's investment and there's groups and there's all kinds of stuff for women and, and for uh, everybody. And that's excellent. White men came up. And I don't know if this is generational uh, because it may be done by the time like the millennials get through it. So it could only be like a short-term challenge. Uh, came up with the expe expectation, assumption that they were going to keep working and working hard and they would have promotions and they could work towards promotions and do all of that. That's been taken away in some instances. And I'll give more kind of details on that in a little bit. And so it's not that opportunity hasn't been there. It's opportunity feels like on an emotional level, it's being taken away. And this is on an individual basis. 
Okay, so at a macro level, yes, we need more diversity, right? But simple math will tell you there's only a set number of leadership positions. And so we got to change the dynamic. And so the conversation that's happening is um, I should have gotten that role. I can't because they're not going to put a white guy in that role. Um, whether they should or shouldn't perceive it that way, you know, we could talk about that and, and we'll talk about that a little bit. I've been in meetings. Here's you know perfect example. I had a client, was up for a promotion, should have gotten it. Was told by his boss, like, go in for this job. We're going to be redoing things. Like, this is you. You're the perfect guy for it. He was incredibly well suited for it. Um, and then they said, well, we have to open it up. So they opened it up. And the HR person told him that he asked for an update on what the job thing was. Um, that this is a quote. We didn't get any women of color to apply for it. So we're putting the job on hold. And... Now, this is a major role. They can't really put this role on hold, but they're putting it on hold. There are no, in this industry and and job type, I don't know. I asked him, you know, are there women of color in this, right? And he's like, no, I don't know anybody. Like, this is not, it's just not there, right? So it's a misguided kind of attempt at just saying we have to put a person in here. And there's a misinterpretation of the way that diversity is supposed to work. And so now he's not getting the job. The job is being shelved and 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 that's it. And so now he looked at me. And he's like, Jim, am I done? He goes, I think I'm finished. I've invested. I mean, he's in his early 50s. I, I've invested my time. I've done all of this stuff. He said, if I can't, like, this was my natural next, this is where I was supposed to go. And I guess I'm, I guess I'm finished. Um, now, outside of the HR person, probably shouldn't have said that, obviously. Uh, but I've been on calls where the execs have said, there's no way we're putting a white guy in that, in that position. And the HR person goes, you can't say it that way. You know, you got to say it this way. Uh, you say it like this. I remember sitting in, in finance, a uh, person up there said, you know, our priority this year is to only promote women. And every guy just basically pulled out their phone and said, who else is hiring, right? Like, I guess I'm, I'm not getting a promotion this year. And so there's this semantics of, right? They didn't say it the way they should have said it, but like, we all know what it means. And the guys are like, well, what about me, right? So macro, and here's the funny thing. Most white guys are for it. Most guys are for the diversity and inclusion and everything, and they want to mentor. And um, and here's the funny kicker about the one client. He sponsored and started the diversity and inclusion thing at the workplace. Um, he was a white guy, but he said this is really important, and he championed it and everything else. And, and uh, now he feels like it's burning him. Um, now, it's emotional versus logic, and, and we've got all of these types of things, and, and we have these assumptions. And um, and so so we have to think about how this evolves and how do you at least engage these men in conversation to say, look, you still have value. There still is a future, right? The macro thing is very important, but on an individual micro level, people will say, well, what about me? Right? I agree with that. You know, it's like, I, I want speed bumps in the neighborhood, but don't put it in front of my house. Right? <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to listen to that. Um, I feel like, and I, I feel like this is short term, the more I think about this, right? It's, it's, a Generation X, not really baby boomers. They're kind of done. They're out of the office and they're they're um, just hoarding their money and doing whatever. But uh, most boomers are kind of gone. We're in the Gen X world now. It's a Gen X challenge. It's a millennial challenge. After that, Gen Z and, and all that other stuff. They they're growing up in a different type of um, a different type of world. And so, um, I hate to present a problem and not have solutions. But this is a topic that I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people about. Uh, just read an amazing book called Men Without Work, apparently something like almost 20% of able-bodied men are out of the workforce, not even looking for a job. They're not even included in unemployment numbers. They're out of the workforce and um, not looking for a job. 
which is insane to me, right? And so where are these people going? And I was looking through the data and reading the book and they said, well, you know what? More women came into the workplace, which is good. So we don't see that there's less people in, and, you know, this whole shift. But now we've got a societal issue where you have no motivation, no type of work. A lot of the research in terms of happiness surveys and everything, there was a, a, a male one that had happened years ago where what gives you energy, all the women had answered it, you know, my family gives me energy and, you know, all this. Above and beyond what gives you purpose and everything for men was my work. And if you take a look at suicide rates, the biggest suicide group are men over the age of 60. And a lot of people are tying that back to the fact that they don't have work and they don't have purpose. They've retired. They don't know what to do with themselves. They don't, you know, there is this societal shift that's happening and men have to figure it out. And when we take a look at, I have no future at this organization, you're pushing the, the age limit. You know, what are the guys in their 40s and 50s going to do where, you know, when I've hit my ceiling, now I've got another 20 years in this role. I don't want to do that, right? Do I have to do a fundamental shift? Do I have to do a fundamental change? Do I have to go to a new industry? Like there's, and look, life's, Life sucks, right? There, There is this aspect to it. Welcome to life. It's going to hit you hard, wear a cup, and move on. So there is kind of a little tough love that needs to happen. It's not like we have to handhold all of these people. Um, but there is this psychological kind of thing, and, and we know that men don't like to talk about this stuff. We don't like for a lot of reasons, not because we can't, but because we just don't want to burden other people with our problems, and, and we like to say, well, you should talk about it. Some guys just don't want to. Um but there are, by the way, if you are in the situation, you're a guy listening to it, there are plenty of people who will talk to you about it and want to talk to you about it and will help you articulate it. And that's, you know, there are challenges and opportunity. And But generally what we have to do is we kind of have to, we have to work through it. We have to articulate it. And we have to talk about it. Uh, so what can we do about this? This is, I'll remind, um, and we could talk to leadership. We could talk to individuals. We could talk to anybody. But remember, this is an individual challenge. It's a weird one because it's, the macro challenge is we don't have enough diversity in the workplace, okay? And that's a macro general, look at the numbers, it's true, it's there, and so we have to fix that challenge. But on an individual level, uh, what's my path? And what does this mean for me? And the devil is in the details. And when we talk about macro change, we got to talk about a micro individual Um and some people in your ranks are getting very frustrated because they don't feel like they have a path. They don't know where they're going to go. Um, when we take a look, last week I talked about ambition. Where'd the ambition go is we don't know where we're going, right? And this is kind of doubly true for, for the men. And so um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying it's a challenge we have to deal with. So first, I mean, the first thing I would say in terms of solutions, these probably aren't the greatest solutions, but I'll start the conversation, is number one, we have to recognize that this is a challenge. Right? You can't just ignore it. When we're putting together diversity and inclusion programs, we have to include white men in that. okay? Because it's there is this shift of what's happening and, and they have value to bring it and they're very supportive of it. But we have to recognize that this is an emotional challenge for men um, and we can't coddle them and, and you know do it. There's, there's an appropriate way to do that, but we, we don't, we got to figure that out. So anyway, that's one. I just dropped my pen again. So that's two pens. Um, Number two, we have to foster dialogue if it's possible, right? And and this is a very difficult challenge to do. I had a um, a friend of mine does workshops, and they went in and and these women went to the manager and they said, "Hey, we want for the women's group, we want a leadership development. This person come in and do it." And I says, "Look, you can do it, but then you also got to do one for the guys, right? Like if you want to do that, we're going to be equitable and you know, try and do the right thing." They said, "Fine." 
So the women's leadership one was mobbed. Nobody showed up to the men's one. And the women are like, look, we gave a men's one. Nobody showed up. Um, but it was called Why Your Toxic Masculinity is Ruining the Office or something like that. And so they created it for the men, but it was very, <laughs> right? So we have to be careful about the way that we're accusing individuals, right? We take this personally and we do this type of work. Um, so there is a right and wrong way to go about it. We have to be smart with the way that we we talk about all of these things. And we talk about it with try to remove the emotion from it and just talk about the logical, look, you've got a fruit salad that's full of just, you know, cantaloupe. You got to add strawberries and, and blueberries. You might have to take some cantaloupe out of it. And that's it. And then you have a good fruit salad. So that's it. We want the flavor. We want the changes. We want diversity. And that's, you know, it's an important thing. And there's still value that you can bring. And, and maybe we have to change the mentality of our people in terms of, is it status? Is it role title? Is it, you know, do we change? And, and this is the good work that we're doing with, with the corporate clients is we're restructuring the way we think about people and the way we think about um, accountability and agency and, and what people can do. And um, so that will work itself out in the wash, but we still have to address it. Help them also as an idea to become agents of this change, to be involved with it. Don't just have this change thrust upon them, have them be active components of it. A lot of white guys are really into this and really want to be helpful. And this is another way that we can, we could do, um, bring more value to diversity and inclusion programs is that they do have a voice. And as we rethink the workplace, they can provide value as well. So more to come on this. And, and I have a lot more thoughts and I'm going to still articulate them. I'm interested in yours. Um, but for leadership, recognize it's a challenge. How we communicate it, how we share it, how we talk about it is incredibly important. It's a delicate issue. Um, but most guys really can't feel like they could talk about it. And so I'll say it for you, why not? Who cares? And let's see what let's see what could come out of it. So um, this is Beyond Talker Points. It's a big thing. Good luck with it. I'm happy to talk more about it. I'm happy to talk about how we can accommodate them in, in bigger... Um, and bigger types of discussions of people and and uh, and as these diversity and inclusion programs do really really good things, we can we can figure out a solution for everybody. So good luck, have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next week. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Now do something for yourself. Bellwether is much more than just a podcast. Join us at bellwetherhub.com, where you can read riveting articles, view upcoming events, and connect with other interesting people. I look forward to seeing you out there soon.